Hey there, you're listening to Pushing It, where we talk about pregnancy, birth, and life with a new baby. Because if you can't laugh without peeing yourself, well, you might as well laugh at yourself while doing it. I'm Elise McAllister. And I'm Jen Laird. Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Hi, Jen. Hi. I always um, love it when you say tuning in like it's a radio dial oh, and we're going to tune in. Oh, that's kind of, that's adorable. It's like rolling down the windows. Do we do that anymore? Uh, no, but you just have to say it. Yeah. I'll say, roll down your window. Yeah. That's so funny. What else would you say? Push down the window that's electric? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, that's, oh, this is a But you definitely thought. did not have to tune in your podcast. app. Pod, yeah, podcast app to hear us talk. I suppose at the very root of the word tuning in, I'm really talking about something that is not happening anymore. No. Deep thoughts. I feel Ooh, like <laughs> deep thoughts of pushing a podcast. <laughs> How's it going, Jen? Good. So In your deep, um, deep thoughts there. Adorable little story. So the day before yesterday, um, I was with my husband at a venue. Um, where it's like a venue. A, yeah. What do we call that? It's not a bar, but it's not really a, a diner either. Like a pub. It's like a pub where. A family-friendly pub. Fan, yeah, because there's, like, lots of screens. People are watching football games, and it's a Sunday afternoon later in the afternoon. Sounds and like heaven to me. We are – well, not really. I was working on our oh, website. Oh, but maybe not if it was sports, though, because you know how I feel about the sports. No, well, what I'm saying is we were working on our, like, website here. Oh, yeah. So check out the new Pushing the, It website. Uh, pushing It website. And in walks in um, dad um, holding baby in, like, baby in, in the car seat, right? And then right behind is mom. And I look over, and I'm like, oh, that's a new baby. And then I look at the baby. I'm like, oh, yeah, that really is a new baby. But I kind of had this look to the mom, like, yeah, that's a new mom. But then the way they were holding themselves, I know this is going to sound so funny, because my next thought after that's a tiny baby is, weird they're so confident that cannot be their first baby (laughs) but the baby was so small i was like they're not leaving the other kids at home so they sit down in the booth like bird's eye view of me in fact i wanted to take a picture just so i could show you (laughs) i was gonna text you a picture and my husband is like no you cannot take a picture of people in public i'm like they won't even notice and then he got really riled up he's like no you're not taking a picture i'm like okay okay jen the baby and parent creeper right snapping photos in the pub so the dad puts the baby down in the car seat and takes the baby out of the car seat and mom just comfortably starts holding the baby and i was like gosh they are really just comfortable with all of this they are like pros over there and then in walks grandma grandpa and two children (laughs) and i was like look see i knew it i knew they were first not first time parents right because probably the oldest was probably in kindergarten first grade sort of thing and then the other one was probably end of preschool sort of age and they had a lovely family dinner with those kids you know coloring and chatting with grandma and grandpa and newborn babies sleeping through it all it was adorable i was like oh i'm so happy i got to see this while i'm here sitting there thinking all these things about them so jen is drooling over the newborn baby out of the house in the first week and elise is like gasping and clutching her 
I know. Clutching her pearls. There we go. Oh, you got pearls? No, I don't. Um, This new baby, or more than anything, this postpartum body out of the house at a week old. Like, oh, mama, get that body back in bed. Oh, but she's got two other children, and she needs to feed everybody. So I'm not getting off on this topic right now, Jen. We have two other shows on that. Okay. Do I need to have you sit down and go back and listen to them? <laughs> the, the other thing I said to my husband was like, oh, do you think I can offer to go hold the baby while they eat? <laughs> I oh, was totally after joking. you shot the photo of them, that would be super creepy. I was totally joking. I and would never do that. that was the day that. that Jen got reported to the police I for being know. extra creepy. I would never do that. I did think about, they left before we did, but I did think about going over to them and just saying, oh, you guys are such a lovely family or something like that, you know. But I don't know. It didn't feel organic because... I, there's like right when you're out in public and somebody comes up to you and is like, oh, you're lovely or you look beautiful or, well, no, maybe that's weird too. <laughs> but just there's some camaraderie with like yeah. we're fellow parents and we see each other and hey, just wanted to tell you you're doing great. You it's two like have the created lady, a human. Yes, it's like being in the target line and there's like the three-year-old flipping out and the mom is like, I can see that you're really upset. And like she's totally playing it cool. Like, yeah, and the other parent recognizes yes. it. Like, I've been there too. And solidarity. in solidarity, you want to go over yes. and you're like, yep, these are hard days. Stay strong, my friend. I don't so know. So many times I have done that to other moms. Solidarity. Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely. Awesome. I, I love wanted, it. I wanted to do that with a newborn. But anyway, so there's my story for today. Jen did not get arrested for being creepy. That's nope. the moral of the story, That though. is the moral. And, Good job, Jen. And... Um, I hope no one's hearing the like, oh, great, I'm going to be in public and people can see me as like the first time mom who has no idea what she's doing. Not at all what I'm implying in any sense of the imagination. Because nobody else is being creepy like Jen. <laughs> no, what I'm thinking is is that it's um, when I'm in, if that family had come in there with a baby that's like kind of crying and the, um, the diaper bag that was like, five sizes too big for how big that baby was. They brought everything was. from the exactly. house. Exactly. The kitchen sink is totally in the diaper bag. <laughs> it's Mary Poppins bag. Yes. Um, that I would not have been judging them at all. And if that baby was crying over there, I would have been like, oh, how sweet. It's a newborn baby telling us its needs. You know, like there's just, I, I do, I hope that's the feeling that people get yeah, in their you- communities is, um, you know what? Babies communicate and that sometimes in the form of crying. Yeah, that's why I really hate that whole airplane thing that was going on for a I while know. where people were bringing these like little apology goodie bags yeah. with earplugs and candy and all that stuff yeah. to say like, I'm sorry my baby is being a baby because yeah. that's what babies do. They're babies, you know? So don't apologize for your baby. Hey, Jen, what's the most ridiculous piece of baby equipment or baby thing that you got or purchased so many ors in that sentence well i'm gonna go with something that i did not purchase nor i got but something as a postpartum doula sometimes encounter which is the pptp oh yeah. so basically what this is is kind of a cone cylinder shaped fabric for the peepee meant to go on the male genitals also known as a penis yeah or a wee wee or a pee pee, <laughs> depending on you know 
how you roll. So the point of this is to put it on there so that you don't get sprayed in the face by urine while you're changing a diaper. Right. I've never been able to understand how you're supposed to keep that little thing on there while also wiping the bum of all the excrement and then throwing the diaper on. Like, seriously? How does that even work? That and it's going to get some poop on it, so then you got to wash it again. Like, it's like on. one more thing to wash. It's one more thing to wash. So maybe, listeners, if you have found the PPTP helpful and life-changing in your life, I'd like to know about it because maybe I'll change my mind on this, but I personally have not experienced it as being helpful. Otherwise, Jen has just pissed off the makers of PPTP, and I, they are all after the makers of Pushing Up Podcast. I do big apologize trouble. to you, TPPP makers. They are super adorable, though. And They're I have cute. to say, as somebody who never actually grew a little baby PP, I always wanted a little TP for those PPs. Uh, well, I, I thought they I, were adorable. I have to say that I got urinated more in the face by my female genitalia oh, children yeah. than the male ones. So. Yeah, my girls could really projectile pee. Across it was the room. amazing. Like oh, yeah. they could really pee for distance. Yeah. So you're gonna get good at changing a diaper and figuring out how to like take the old one on, put the new one on pretty fast so that you're yeah. not gonna get cover up with the old one yeah. while you slide the new one under or use a wipe. I mean you're gonna or figure with out a tiny little baby if you just exposure to air often makes them like have to pee. And so you're just exposed to air and then you put it back down, so that way it catches it, right? Yep, exactly. Okay, we okay. digress, but yeah. tell me, you got something to share along this stupid, well, useless? You know, it's not so much that it was useless, but when I started having babies, those gorgeous muslin swaddle blankets oh, are really popular. Yeah. And they still are. And they're so pretty. They've even gotten prettier since I've had kids. Sure. And I love them. They're beautiful for photos. Like, buy them all up. But please, please stop trying to swaddle your babies in them. Too slippery, huh? They're so slippery. Like, you might as well just grease your baby up in olive oil, dunk that kid up to the neckline in olive oil, and then try to swaddle them. Because it's not going to be any easier. True. Not yeah. a helpful swaddling technique. No, stop and it. And then you'll feel like a failure. You will feel like a failure. Your baby will bust out of it, smack themselves in the face, remind themselves, hey, I'm kind of hungry. Now would be a great time to eat. Scream, wake you up, and no one ever sleeps again. Well, there we go. Yep. So buy these blankets. Get For pictures. them given to you because you're going to use them with like a six-month-old totally or even oh, a yeah. four-month-old. We still Not like. Not in the early days. Yeah. I mean, they're just pretty. Totally. But yep. don't swaddle with them. Yep. Yep. For sure. Okay. So it could be that someday, believe it or not, you're going to want to take a shower, <gasps> cook yourself some food, go potty. Wait. I mean, use the toilet. You're going to want to go to the bathroom? Yes. Go to the Wait. bathroom. I hear there are people who do it alone. Ooh. Wait, what? Without fingers under the doors? Yeah. Somewhere. Somehow. So, without breastfeeding? So, you could go to the bathroom without breastfeeding, Jen? So we're talking about putting a baby down <gasps> to maybe take a shower by yourself. Oh, right. And you may or may not want a place to put that baby. Yes. While you're taking said shower. You might even want to, like, eat something hot while it's still hot. Ooh. Exciting stuff. So I know. 
you can imagine the first couple weeks of life are a little bit wow there's a lot going on so much going on a lot of holding this baby all that good stuff totally normalize all of that it all totally makes sense and then you might get to a point where you're like hey i need a place to actually put this kid so that i could like i don't know go to the bathroom or something i actually did some postpartum work uh, this morning and um i can totally because i've been with this family now for a number of weeks so i can see the evolution from the first days where you're like oh i'll just pass it off to another human being while i go potty you know i should probably stop saying potty because we're not talking about potty training we're talking about adults going to the bathroom. Yeah, you can call it a bathroom. Yeah, now, Jen. I should call it a bathroom. Um, Unless you're actually using like a potty seat. Yes, exactly. So <laughs> this family now like uses, for instance, a docatot, and they're like, yeah, she loves to sleep in the docatot, and it's great. And we just like they have found their groove. They found a system. Whereas rewind a few weeks ago when this baby was totally fresh, uh, looked a little different. Okay. So we get it. You're going to be holding this baby a heck of a lot, but eventually you might consider putting him or her down so you could do something else. So yeah. that's partly what this podcast today is going to be about is maybe talking through some stuff you might need. Um, when we talked about the minimalist uh, parenting idea, um, I got to say, Elise, I think I find people have more stuff than they need rather than not enough stuff. It's true, but sometimes I think people plan to be very minimalist and then realize that they need to run out and get things. Yeah. So I think there's a happy medium. Totally. And Makes sense. I think there's all. it's always important to have a place to put your baby. So let's yeah. talk about what that happy medium is and places you can put your baby. All right. Let's start out with fourth trimester. Tell me about this All right. concept. Let's talk about the fourth trimester. So this is a theory that babies obviously have hopefully three trimesters on the inside that's the goal and that babies need one more trimester on the inside and so ideally these babies get one more trimester or three months of shushing and moving and sucking all of the great things on the inside and so we what we want to do is mimic that with carriers and different different devices so you know holding your baby and rocking your baby and nursing baby or feeding baby all of these different things will will give baby the uh same feeling so the security essentially of yes you've had this kid who lived in a very confined shall we call it a cave oh a little cave or like a little bubble a little bubble. Oh, that's better. A I cave know. sounds sad. A bubble. Okay. You got this nice little small bubble. So this kid is kind of used to living life with their knees in their chin, right? <laughs> that's kind of what a womb looks Scrunched like. Scrunched up. Right. So then this kid comes out of us and um, what if they're not like squished up against our body with that normal heat, possibly even hearing our heartbeat, that sort of thing, then um, they might be a little sad right and it's so loud on the inside kind of like this truck that just drove by (laughs) this window i know like our room right now so loud so loud so they're used to being in this um space inside of you where there's like a heart beating there's um digestion happening it's not a quiet place right And so how do we mimic some of those things of like, uh, for instance, using a swaddling blanket to help keep that baby squished up, et cetera. So that's a little bit of what we're talking about um, with the fourth trimester. I think it's also nice to think about taking um, your expectations of what um, life should look like on the outside down 
with reframing it as the fourth trimester. So a fourth trimester, kind of like a third trimester, there's a lot of growth and development happening, right? Yes. Like third trimester, they're growing some hair. They're getting some fat so that they're ready to come out of the womb and not be, you know, skinny and bald. Ha <laughs> 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 um, you, ha. You get what I'm saying. I'm not trying to be all, you know biology textbook here. So if we think about a fourth trimester, when there's also a lot of rapid growth and development where um, digestion is changing, they're getting used to sucking from, um, they're having to actually get the milk out, they're having to get their own nutrition versus it just kind of coming passively to them. So a lot of grace, right, for that fourth trimester. And what we're suggesting here and going to talk about is there might be some things that you could borrow, purchase, or get given that could make that fourth trimester a little bit easier. Otherwise, you're going to spend a whole lot of time just holding your baby, bouncing your baby, swinging your baby, feeding your baby. I mean, you should feed your baby. But baby also might be just suckling a lot more too and not necessarily nursing Um, and you might be holding your baby in a really squished way when there's something that could be doing all of these things potentially for you and not all babies need all of these but a lot of babies need some of these or most of these things yeah so let's talk about these things and the first one on our list is a carrier Let's talk about what that carrier might look like. So babies like to be held so they can be right next to your heart. So let's talk about front packs. There are a couple different types of of front carriers. There are soft structured carriers and then there are stretchy carriers that are Mm -hmm. really great. And you can try woven wraps. Um, There are a lot of different ones. And I should start this by saying if you check out pushingitpodcast.com, we've got a page going up with some links to Amazon with all of the things that we're talking about and some of our favorite products. Shop directly from there. Um, All of our favorites. Yeah. Check it out. So when um, we're talking about carriers, some um, brands that kind of come to mind for us are like a baby Catan. So um, it's nice and soft. Um, Essentially, the baby is going to be right next to you and then use almost like T-shirt material to help babies sit like kind of right next to you. Um, how many times can I say right next to you? Yeah, puts baby's heart right next, or heart, head right next to your heart yep. so that they're back to hearing your heartbeat again, which is really comforting. And in fact, a lot of those really do. Even like the Tula carrier, which we love, or the Ergo is going to yep. do the same thing. Absolutely. But it is a little bit more of a soft structured, so it's easier yep. on your back most likely yep. and a little bit more of a one-size-fits-all than something like a Catan. Totally. And I'm thinking about um, if you're planning to travel, especially in, say, the first three or so months of baby's life and thinking about, oh, gosh, I'm going to go on an airplane. I'm going to need both pans. And what do I do for that? Um, I highly suggest one of these type carriers. Yes. Because, ha, 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 you might have to go to the bathroom yes. while on said flight. Um, and then what are you going to do? there's no place to put that baby down if you're flying alone like i've done before with little babies like that i'm like i'm not asking a stranger to hold my baby but i can't hold my bladder for that many hours so i'm having one of those carriers will allow the baby to be on you while i'm buttoning your pants and going to the bathroom or as jen likes to say going potty going potty yeah. So um, those those carriers we're suggesting as um, kind of a way to uh, hold your baby without holding your baby. Um, without using your arms. Exactly. So um, super helpful, particularly um, in that first um, 
sorry, that fourth trimester we were kind of talking about, towards the end of that time, say six to eight weeks, we can go through some cranky periods. Um, and so babies want to be held, but maybe they don't want to be held all at the same time, right? Put that baby in a soft-sided carrier and it makes things a lot easier. We also think going, for instance, for a walk with like a month-old baby, for instance, is in one of those soft-sided carriers. You can put on a, um, a coat or something even over both of you, put a blanket um, on the front of the carrier, and that makes it a really easy way to get around. And babies tend to be more settled like that. Without that good fresh air. Okay, thinking about having maybe a bouncer swing bassinet type stuff. Something to stick your baby in. Yep. Because, like Jen said, now and then you're going to have to go potty. Yep. (laughs) So something that um, we did in my house is we had one of those old bouncers, and we're talking like... The little chairs that go buzz buzz, right? They vibrate. Okay, but let's be honest. That vibration thing. Oh, I was all for that. I needed that on there for my babies. But we didn't even find that it works. What we did is put our foot on the bouncer and used our foot to actually be the mechanic. That does not help if you're in the shower, though, Jen. It doesn't, but neither did the vibrating thing setting on the bouncer. Oh, but anyway. I had one that loved the bi- the vibrating setting. Yeah. So what, what I love about a bouncer is that I can um, take that bad boy and move it anywhere I want to. Yes. So I'm going from my upstairs bedroom down into my living room. Awesome. I just bring that back downstairs. Um, going to a friend's house for dinner. You bring totally. that with you. Totally personal story, and I take all um, credit and ownership of this, and I'm not telling anyone (laughs) to do what I did, but um, I would actually, with my second born, for instance, because, you know, two-year-olds got to eat, so I'd put baby in that little bouncer, and we had a very wide kitchen um, counter, and so I would put the bouncer on the counter. Like an island, I'm imagining, right? Because it's so big. It's a whole island. It actually was. Yes. (laughs) And then um, the thing I loved about that, six-week-old baby, where I got to make food for everybody, but um, you're wanting, your needs need to be met as well, and at least I feel like I'm meeting more of your needs if you're in the little bouncer and you're eye level while I'm chopping some vegetables, because then I'm talking to you and you're seeing me and all that good stuff. So um, that's what I found a bouncer helpful for. Secondly, I found it helpful for um, taking a shower. You need the baby to be someplace, but I don't want to stick the baby on the floor in the bathroom. And so I put the baby in the little bouncer, and then, again, you can move the baby from room to room in that cute little bouncer. And they tend to be small, which is helpful. Yes. Okay, tell me about a swing. Oh, my goodness. So when I had my first, I was so sure we were not going to need a swing. And then she was born, and she was a total fourth trimester baby. And we had to go send somebody out right away because there was not two-day shipping. Oh, not Amazon two-day. No, no. So we had to send somebody to the store and buy buy the swing. And it needed to go side to side and back and forth and have the whole, like, Papa's on thing. So some babies need that faster movement where the little vibrating thing on the bouncer is not enough and then just subtle bounce, not enough. Um, And then they're not a baby that's going to hang out in a bassinet. So they really need the swing. So that's Mm -hmm. great if you have a baby that really requires you to move your body when you hold them. So this baby needed me to rock her all the time. So 
Uh, what I notice though, when I'm shopping for swings, is that a lot of them have all these hanging animals mm. and they play all these ridiculous songs. Your baby, especially in the early weeks or months, does not care about that dumb song, okay? So true. You're going to probably put on some white noise or just have household sounds, which yeah. is great. Your baby should get used to household sounds, yeah. not ridiculous twinkle twinkle sounds from that right. swing. And then on the flip side, uh, some babies hate the swing and it's not worth it. I feel like a swing might be one of those things on your list that you might love or be like, seriously, why do we waste some money on that? Our kid hates swings. So first suggestion would be uh, check out, see if you got any friends who got some swings sitting around someplace. So you're like, hey, can we, we try that and just see if we like it or not? Before you buy it. Before you buy it. Because maybe you got a kid who hates a swing. And um, I am very understanding that all of us potentially don't live in large houses and that we have limited space for all of the things that's when I am a minimalist because let me just tell you my 1925 house there is not a lot of extra room for a lot of stuff in there right it's true and yet there are people who have the family room downstairs and the living room upstairs and you don't want to be schlepping that swing on you know up two or three floors right too so you might need a couple of stations throughout your house too so you have to really assess your house and what your needs are going to be okay jen hot topic pacifiers i know when i had a fur my first i was like we don't use pacifiers babies (sighs) breastfeed yep Yep. that is true that's it that's all they do if that's your thing great so yep. um, some babies need to suckle a whole lot. I think here's our um, here's our take on pacifiers: is that they are some help they are helpful for some babies, and others it would be contraindicated, meaning don't do it to use them. Yep. We want to ensure that um, feeding is going well. Yes, right? you have um, a good latch. A good supply and a baby who is nice and alert while breastfeeding. Absolutely. So um, we kind of can't give you any rules and regulations and too many deep thoughts about this. Except I just did. <laughs> exactly. Other than the ones I just did. On um, a podcast because every baby looks so different, right? So I think what we're trying to say here is keep an open mind. Yes. Check with the people in your world who are helpful, meaning uh, we want to make sure that baby is eating well because that is first priority. And sometimes there is such a thing as nipple confusion, meaning yes. here I am sucking on this thing and I'm getting really tired. But then when it comes to sucking on something that gives me nutrition, then I'm too tired to really suck from that. So that's what we're talking about here. So check in with the experts in your life um, concerning pacifiers but know that it could be super helpful with a baby that has an overactive suck desire reflex yes all right we are not anti-pacifiers every baby has different needs just like grown-ups we all need different things to get through my favorite swaddle blankets oh we need swaddle blankets okay jen here's my take home on this okay i am all about believing your baby you should believe your baby when your baby says, I'm hungry. <laughs> and you should believe your baby when your baby says, I'm tired or I want to be held. But when your baby says, oh. I don't want to be swaddled, your baby's a liar. 
High-fiving? Yes! Right now. All babies say, I don't want to be swaddled, and all babies need to be swaddled. And what does that look like? Kind of... Like, they fight muscle, you, they like use their arms, wrestle, we're doing it, we're doing the anti-swaddle dance. WrestleMania. But your baby needs a swaddle. Babies, if they don't get swaddled, they are going to bring their arms up, and they're going to use their amazing startle reflex, and they are going to smack themselves in the face. Wake them up. Wake themselves up, and then they're going to feel their little hand against their cheek, and that's going to give their little reminder of their rooting reflex. And then they're going to say, oh, I forgot. I could be eating right now. Hey, now is an awesome time to eat. Let me wake up my food source. Mm-mm. Wow. Okay, mm. so your baby is a liar when your baby says, I don't want to be swaddled. Swaddle that baby. Yep. How do we help that baby feel sleepy? Swaddle that baby. Yep. How do we make that baby feel safe and like he's not floating in the universe? Swaddle that baby. Fourth trimester, baby. Fourth. Swaddle that baby. Fourth trimester. Um, okay, best invention ever would be the Velcro swaddlers oh my goodness you no longer have to flip on a light in the middle of the night to figure out how to swaddle i also have this theory you you know how to make milk or you know how to swaddle you can never do both although you can do both but most people can't do both (laughs) (laughs) really yeah what what is this false information you are i'm just spreading false false stuff all over but i feel like usually the if there are two parents, uh-huh. that usually one of them is doing the breastfeeding and one of them is doing the swaddling. That's actually that's not a yeah. I'm my, not off there, right? My husband was the we called it a burrito wrap. Yep. In my house, he was the king of burrito wrapping. I bet if I gave him a baby right now to he burrito could swaddle wrap, that oh, baby. he would. My wife swaddle too. It. Yeah, my wife is like the yes. swaddler. Yeah. She's so, amazing. So um, when we talk about swaddling blankets with the Velcro, you can get all sorts of fancy ones. Or oh, yeah. you can get, like, the not-so-fancy ones as well. We'll You're, provide you with a variety on our site. And you are probably not going to use those types of blankets with the Velcro for more than, like, I don't know, a couple months. Oh. oh. Because then. I used those till my kid was one. Well, what about a sleep sack, though? Uh, nope. Oh. Velcro, wow. (laughs) We used to joke that Tallulah was going to come home from college at night and be like, Mom, I need to be swaddled. And we'd swaddle her up. Oh, my gosh. And then in the morning, we'd wake her and send her to college. That's so great. Okay, so maybe <laughs> every baby need them for longer. Um, okay, so let's tell the difference between a sleep sack and um, the swaddlers. What we're talking about? Sleep sacks a little different because um, they usually have like a little zipper yep. sort of thing that comes up. Some sleep sacks do not um, enclose the arms, so arms are free flowing, which can be super helpful with an older baby, but not so helpful with. Yeah. A, tiny newborn so we're encouraging more the use of that um or suggesting um the use of those velcro-y ones to kind of keep them nice and swallowed down because here's what we find it's about the arms it's all about the arms what we find is is that um people think they're doing it as tight as needed but they're not actually and then the baby's you know houdini out of that swaddle everyone's like i got a baby houdini and 
Really, you, you don't. You don't have a special baby. I'm sorry. Your baby is not special. Just your normal. your swaddle sucks. <laughs> wow, way to shame the parents out there, Elise. <laughs> Actually, your swaddle blanket probably sucks. You're yeah. probably using a pretty blanket. There we go. That's use a crappy blanket and you're tighten up fine. your swaddle, and your baby is not a Houdini. Yeah, good call. Okay. <laughs> Let's um let's let's look at this idea that your baby's uh, birthday suit is going to need a few body suits. Oh, Elise, did you write that? I sure did. So adorable. Let's say that one more time. Your baby's birthday suit is going to need a few body suits. Um, okay. We can't tell you exactly um, how many um, pieces of clothing your dear cherub is going to need. But we're going to suggest that, like, when we when we talk about onesies, what we're talking about here is, like, an undershirt, right? That yes. snaps between the legs over the diaper. Short and sleeve or long sleeve. Short sleeve, long sleeve. And um, that's kind of that nice layer that is going to keep baby a little bit warmer um, underneath, say, a sleeper or one of those little zip-up um, outfits. Some people also call them pajamas. So when we think about onesies, we think about maybe five to seven-ish for a newborn, right? Here's the thing is you got to figure out how much you want to do laundry because what it comes down to is your baby's going to wear at least one a day, but your baby has this amazing ability to poop up their back, mm. right? Because they're so smart. And when, once that happens, you're going to have to wash it. Yeah. Yeah. And if that happens once in a day, now you've gone through two. And if you only own four, you're doing laundry like every other day. Yeah. That is not my jam. I will tell you that right now. And if you have a newborn baby and it's just the two of you and you are trying to get through these first few days, yeah. you don't want to be having laundry every other day. That's a lot. On the flip side. Oh, tell me the flip side, Jen. If I come to your house and I open your little baby drawer... And there is literally like 20, 20. 25 outfits in there. I'm sorry. Your baby's never going to wear all those outfits. One outfit a day until she outgrows them all. Exactly. That's ridiculous. You will do laundry eventually. So, you know, I don't know. Figure it out, you guys. You guys are intelligent. So <laughs> figure it out. Don't don't have too many. We're not don't here have to tell little. you what to do. We're here to tell you to figure it out on your own. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think there's a happy medium, right? Of like having enough, but recognizing that um, you're going to do laundry, so you don't need too many either. Somewhere between 5 and 10. Like, yeah. don't go more than 10. But totally But don't sense. go under 5 either. Yeah. So you're also going to need um, some socks, some hats, and some pants maybe to put on the bottom part. So um, common misnomer, babies don't usually, like, change out of their outfit and get into some pajamas when they're one week old. Right. So You don't have to get your baby dressed for the day. Don't you worry about it. It's usually kind of weeks in when you're like, oh, I found my groove. My baby's four weeks old. And yes, you slept and now you're awake and it's the day. And so I'm going to change your diaper and put a fresh outfit on you. Awesome. So um, especially in those first few weeks, you guys, there's not really a now you're going to bed because each awake feeding asleep period kind of just kind of I don't blends, know, all, blends all together. There is no one. night or day. And diapers. Oh, diapers. Those little diaper bums. Or nappies. Oh, nappies. Shout out to our Canadian, New Zealand, Australian friends. 
Nappies. Nappies. So options there would include cloth, disposable, probably your main two choices. Oh, there's some hybrids too that have cloth with True. disposable liners. And diaper surface. Oh, yes. Diapers. Cloth, and you don't have to wash it. There you go. They come pick those bad boys up, take them away, wash them, give you some fresh ones. Um, so we could do an entire podcast in and of itself on cloth versus disposable diapers. It is so true. And you know what I discovered when choosing to cloth diaper myself? I mean. Yep. <laughs> oh, Wow. <laughs> Full disclosure, Elise. When I stop laughing. <laughs> Please tell us more about when you decided to cloth diaper yourself. <laughs> it's amazing in the English language how you put a little bit of emphasis on the wrong word and you end up with that funny of a statement. Yes, Elise. Tell us more. <laughs> Okay, when I chose to gloss diaper my own children, yes, when I made that choice myself for my children, yep, I uh, totally forgot what I was gonna say about it though. Oh right, the rabbit hole. Oh, the rabbit hole of the internet trying to figure out oh, yeah. the kinds of cloth diapers. There are so many types out there. We could definitely do our own show on that alone, but we're going to put up some of our very favorites because we have a cloth diapering podcaster and a disposable pod- diapering podcaster in this on this show. Mm-hmm. So we'll put up our favorites um, on our little link there on our on our website so you can try them yourselves. So I think the one thing um, we'll we'll leave it with this big wide open discussion of cloth versus disposable is think about in those um, first week or so oh, after yeah. a baby's born, if you're intending to cloth diaper, many folks choose to use disposable. Meconium is oh, yeah. super sticky and difficult to wash out of one's cloth diaper. Yeah, don't don't cloth diaper the meconium um, unless you are using a diaper service mm. because you don't own a machine that's going to get meconium out. Meconium is is like your love; it's there forever. Mm. Yeah, don't don't even try. So yeah, hold out. You know, there you don't have to be one hundred percent on any type of diapering true. system that you use. It doesn't, it's it's not like a tattoo. You don't have to commit to it forever. Oh, wow. I know. We're going there. Okay. Yeah. So also when I think about diapering, it makes me think of where I might diaper this child. Um, a lot of people buy um, little changing stations. Um, oh. Elise and I were discussing the differences with someone who um, was in here earlier who lived in a non-American the, the non-United States of America, and they were commenting <laughs> about um, how in America we tend to have these, um, ch- when we change our babies, we stand to the side of them, whereas um, in other countries you tend to stand like at the bottom end, like the, the foot legs. of the baby. Yeah, the foot of the baby. So it's kind of interesting how which Americans I actually do this. prefer to do that. It's very interesting. Yes. Yeah. So, um, kind of an American thing um, to have a changing table, mm-hmm. which includes having like little shelves or whatever under it. Um, we understand people's space restrictions are kind of limited for some, and so think about using a dresser that's about that height. Um, 
of like you would lean over to change somebody's diaper um, and on top of that you can put a little um, pad if you look for um, I don't know what are they called changing least? pads changing pads there we yeah, go yeah so and, simple yeah they tend to be kind of um, I don't know how would you even describe what they look like so people pad, understand pad like pad like that are kind of uh, for the changing they're, <laughs> they're higher they're so simple so high, simple they have a little bit of uh edges on like a sides. u-shape almost there we but go not really yeah anyway well well you know what we're talking about hopefully. oh for sure you do anyway so um you got your little pad that sits on your little dresser that is you know nicely not going to fall over meaning the dresser and then you got your wipes um and your diapers and you probably put them in a little basket or something so cute because you need everything to kind of be right there. You can't be pulling across the You can't the room leave that baby shelf. on the dresser. No, exactly. So another thoughts we have, um, I know that when I had more than one child, or even when I just had one child, sometimes I didn't want to have to walk across the house to go to this changing table station thing. This room that contained all the things. Exactly. So I had a little basket that had uh, diapers and wipes and those sorts of things in it. And it just kind of sat in uh, another space in my house. Um, truth be told, I got a few more than one children and I can think of each of the houses I lived in when they when I had a baby come and live at home. And um, only one of them actually had a diaper changing table because it just didn't work for my lifestyle. So another thought would be to have one of those pads that um, maybe you pull out from underneath the couch. and yeah. then Or even you... like a diaper bag style pad. Totally. And yeah. I know... Or even a receiving blanket. It doesn't even matter. Absolutely. Or there are times where I was like, kid, we're just changing on the floor. Totally. So it doesn't have to be some sort of set up thing. If you've got a bad back, you might consider not getting down on the floor every time. Um, but a lot of people kind of actually do it that way. That is not like a bad way to do things, right? You don't need a full piece of furniture dedicated to changing a diaper. I know you Ooh. change lots yeah. and lots of diapers, but I have a lot of stairs in my house. And if I had to run to one room every time I needed to change a diaper... I'd be so tired, especially in those early days when mm. you should not be running up and down those stairs. So there you go. We have given you permission to not get yet another piece of furniture for your house. Yep, it's true. But you might want to set up some of those little stations all over. And even if you choose to have a changing table in the baby's room or nursery, think about having some of those baskets set up around and maybe even throw some burp rags in and a couple other little baby essentials. Mm. I like to throw in a couple extra little onesies or a pair yep. of pants or something in there just because you never know when you're going to need to change that baby. Which brings us now to the point of my personal uh, if choice of, is that really essential? Oh. Baby equipment, which would be the bathtub. Oh, yeah. So. How dirty is your baby going to get? I'm going to encourage you to maybe think about with that tiny little newborn, um, giving your kitchen sink a nice little wash, rinse out, and using that. Here's what, uh, let me paint the picture for you, Elise. Oh, let's do it. I'm going to paint the picture. So here I got my cute little um, kitchen sink. And next to that, most people have a little bit of counter space. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a baby towel, maybe a little receiving blanket down first on that on that counter space. Little uh, baby towel 
down on there. I'm going to have my baby washcloth and my little baby soap. And then I'm going to fill my kitchen sink after I've rinsed it out with some water. And then I'm going to wash my baby in my kitchen sink. Brilliant. Seems and, so easy. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? They poop in that water and then you have to wash the sink afterwards. My children have put way worse in my sink. Very true. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about it. Let me tell you about why I encourage this. I think that you have better control of baby. You get to have baby a bit more in the water, which allows for the baby to feel less chaotic, like, ah, I'm not squished up in in the womb, and now this is a new sensation, and I don't like it. And cold, too. Nobody likes to get in the water, and then they're, like, flailing outside of the water with wet limbs. I hate that feeling. So what we're describing here is... um, These lovely bathtubs that are on the market, we find from experience as working postpartum doulas that often those don't allow for the baby to really sink down into the water, which tends to make them not feel as secure. Also, it puts baby on the back and babies aren't really big fans of being on their back. I mean, your baby should definitely sleep on the back. Right. We are not saying otherwise. Yeah. But they're not big fans of that. That is for safety. So you're holding your baby while you're bathing baby. Yeah. You don't necessarily want to put baby on the back. Totally. For a bath. So maybe save your money um, and not get a baby bath. Because once that baby is big enough, then you can maybe graduate into the actual bathtub. Or We love taking our baby in the bath with us. That was really fun. So you as the mom, right? Yeah. Get in the bathtub, have the baby on your lap, and do some... Wash in that way. Yep. Another idea is to actually have the baby on the bottom of the tub, in the bathtub, um, and just put enough water in there for it to cover baby. Um, Or if one of the parents are comfortable, you can shower with the baby. We did a lot of that, of like maybe not new newborn. I'm talking like maybe um, two months in. And one parent's in the shower, and the other parent gets the baby naked and gives it to the parent in the shower. Um, That's another thought. So... Um, yeah. Babies don't need to get bathed a ton. It's not like they're in the backyard making mud pies. Mm. So the big thing that you're wiping off your baby is they're pooping a lot. And mm. they're spitting up. So sometimes they're making neck cheese out of their spit up. <laughs> I know. Isn't that – that just paints a picture right it's there. It's really a true statement. Yeah. That's, that's an ugly picture. Yeah. So yep. neck cheese is really the big reason. And honestly, you can really wash that off with a washcloth. Yeah. So babies don't need to get baths necessarily every day. In fact, if my kids had a bath every day as babies, their poor skin, oh, it would not be good. Right. So, you don't. your baby's probably not going to need a bath every single day. Great. All right. We bathed this baby. Now this baby probably is hungry again, right? Oh, yeah. You got to feed this baby. So where are you going to nurse this baby at? So if you are breastfeeding, let's talk about setting up a station that's going to work for you. So nursing stations. A lot of people pick out a pretty sweet chair to nurse in, whether that's a glider or one of those kind of big, uh, what's the, like, not overstuffed chair, but big, I'm making the motion here of a big comfy chair. A big chair. comfy squishy chair. A big comfy squishy chair. One of those. You may want a little footstool because oh, yeah. you often want your knees up a little bit higher, but something that feels really comfy, you're going to need some pillows around for mm-hmm. your arms or a breastfeeding pillow. 
And you're going to need a couple things around you to keep it pretty stocked, like a big glass of water, some one-handed snacks, a burp rag, and chances are once you feed that baby, that baby's going to fall asleep and you might get trapped underneath your sleeping baby. So keep some activities for yourself, like a remote control, your phone, uh, maybe something to read. Yep. Yep, keep those things around. You also might not nurse in the exact same spot every time you have to feed your baby. Mm -hmm. So maybe setting up a couple of nursing stations around. Yeah. If you have a lot of spots in your house where you find that you're nursing. Yeah. Because I can picture one place that I used to nurse, which was just on the living room couch. Because I didn't have space in my house for a nice squishy chair. And that was perfectly fine. But what was helpful, I think, was with... Um, what Elisa's saying here is having maybe a little basket or a little place where you've got some stuff next to you because it's such a bummer to sit down to nurse and be like, ah, dang it, I forgot this thing. Oh, shoot. I need a burp cloth. I need a a book. I'm sitting here forever. Um, Wait, I shouldn't say that. You're not sitting there forever. But But if your baby falls asleep, you might be feeling like you're sitting there forever. And as much as you'd love to stare into your baby's sleeping eyes, wait face as your baby has closed eyes and is sleeping you're gonna probably want to entertain yourself because you're very happy that you have a sleeping baby yeah yeah so you don't have to go all out but it is nice to kind of think about where when am i usually gonna nurse and set up that place um and then after this baby has been nicely nursed and nicely cleaned, maybe you're wanting to get out and about a little bit. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about it. How are you getting out and about? I'm, maybe in some fresh air? What what I'm picturing is a six-week-old baby right now. Oh. Um, and this sweet little six-week-old baby is typically eating much more in a rhythm schedule-ish. I shouldn't call it a schedule. Let's let's rewind that. I'm not calling it a schedule. I'm saying is more predictable in their eating patterns. Yes. Okay? Um, and you're Maybe noticing spacing that. out those feedings just a little bit. Yep. And they're a little more awake at times. And they are happy to look at that cute little mobile or stare around the room. And then they might get kind of bored. And let's be honest, you might be getting a little bored. You're like, I would like to leave this house of mine. So we already covered some of those um, carrying devices like the soft-sided, um, you know, the Moby, the Kaitan, all those good things. But now we're, we're really talking about a stroller because maybe you live in an area where um, you can have a stroller and go out and run some errands um, in your neighborhood, for instance. Or just take a nice walk. Exactly. So you want a place to kind of put some stuff and also it's starting to get a little heavy on your back to be carrying this baby around. So a stroller. Yeah, so many options. I collected, we were serial stroller collectors. You were serial stroller collectors. How many strollers did you own, Jen? Not even count. I think part of it was we were given one and we're like, ooh, don't like this stroller. Or maybe we do. I'm not sure. Okay, tell me what it was. It was big and bulky. Let's go through our stroller collection. What did you start with? So there was the big and bulky one, and it was just too big and bulky. And then um, we got an umbrella stroller that was oh, yeah. awesome. It wasn't like, we're not talking the $10 one that like you have to lean over to push. Not that cheapy one. Yeah. I'm talking, this was great because it had the handles that like extended up a little bit. Oh, yeah. And so it was tall enough. And then we could change the height that was my husband or I that was, you know, pushing so it. So nice. And it was not flimsy, but it was also lightweight and easy to stick in the car. Okay. 
So I had that one. And then we went for the jogging stroller. Um, we did a lot of walking and um, wanted something that was easy to push around that had a front wheel that like spun, you know, so it was like take corners and whatnot. Yeah. And so we had that one as well. So um, you here's the bad news is you might need to buy a couple strollers yes. to meet your needs. We've had a lot, too. I think we had. We had the snap and go that put the baby car seat into it. And then yep. we had the McLaren, which is the very fancy umbrella stroller. And it yep. was not fancy. It was just really nice. Like it handled really well and it had the basket, but it was light enough that we could throw it over our shoulder. Yep. And then we had a, uh, gosh, a double jogger. I, mm -hmm. I thought I did not have a jogger, but I did have a jogger uh. when I had two. Because we did want to go for walks and some some jogs. Yeah. Uh, and then we had a sit and stand, which actually, oh, even though my kids are yeah. a little bit bigger, we recently took it to Disneyland, and it was our workhorse. We put everything in that sit yeah. and stand, and yeah. it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And you might even actually just use a stroller in, like, having the baby in the carrier on you, and then you decide to run some errands, and you take the stroller so that you can throw stuff in there and yes. not even you know, have to like, I don't know, go through holding all the stuff. Like I did in Disneyland. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, that is going to be a very light covering of the topic of strollers, because honestly, this is one of those topics I think we could go on and on and on about. Um, but we do see the benefit of, um, potentially having even more than one. Yeah. I think it is one of those topics. So where you got to kind of examine what's your lifestyle like, what kind of people are you? Do you live in the middle of nowhere and you don't actually really go for walks? Decide what fits into your car though, yeah. because we looked at something and at the time had a much smaller car when we yeah. had our first and we <laughs> folded it up and it didn't fit into our trunk. Oh my God. And then we had an SUV by the time we had our second, so we could throw anything back there. But <laughs> uh, the first one, the big jogger did not fit in the trunk. Oh, that's hilarious. Had yeah. the exact same experience. And um, had this stroller. My brother-in-law brought it over on a trip overseas back to New Zealand for us because it was a little cheaper um, to buy it overseas and then bring it back. And then we're like, oh, this is so great. It's so great. And then I went to put it in the car and it totally didn't fit in the car. <laughs> but I used it all the time to go for walks locally with the two kids in it. So it was not a waste of money, but it was just really interesting. Here's make sure uh, your stroller uh, either fits in your car or will work for the thing that you're wanting to use it for. Yep. Absolutely. All right, you guys, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of feeling like we barely scratched the surface of a lot of these topics. Um, so give us a shout if you're like, hey, we need to hear more about this particular topic. Yes. And Elise and I will do our best to bring you more information on that particular thing. Um, and let us know on social media what your favorite baby product was and what your least favorite baby product oh, was. Yeah. What wasn't helpful um, what was a waste of space, a waste of time? What was ridiculous? I'm a big girl. You can tell me you loved your baby bath. I can take it. It's true. We can handle it. Yeah, so check us out. Find us on Instagram. Find us on Facebook, Pushing It Podcast, on all of those. Also, Jen and Elise at PushingItPodcast.com if you want to Tell us what you think. If you have a question for us, we'd love to hear from you. Also, share us with your friends. We would love to have your friends listen to us. Um, yep, so check us out. Share us around. And uh, 
We'll talk to you next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye.